um, the message actually did end up getting titled God Minus Me. But I brought you a perspective from Psalm 23. And in the fifth verse, David said this. He said, he said, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over, which leads me into this title for this week. Tipping point. There's a tipping point. There, there's a tipping point. And the tipping point happens just before overflow. Just before there's more than you can handle, more than you can have the capacity to hold just for you. There, there can be a tipping point in your life, but it doesn't happen. You can take part in it, but you can't. You, there, I'll get to it. I don't want to get too deep yet. But, but it's interesting that David wrote this. <clears throat> Those of us who were, have been in church all our lives plus nine months. Think about that for a second. That was me. My mom was the pastor's wife. So I've been in church all my life plus nine months. So to that group of people, unfortunately... We started learning about this guy, David. I feel like I'm yelling. Am I yelling? My wife's saying, yeah. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm passionate. There's a difference. My kids told me, Dad, when you when you're get mad, your eyes do something different. They, they glaze over chocolate, and you get this look in your eyes, and I don't want to look at you. But um, anyway, I don't want to ever be like that. So... Um, David, we, we explain him as, as children. He's one of the first people that we teach about our kids about in the Bible. Why? Because he's got such great stories. David and Goliath. Come on, man. That's awesome, isn't it? But if, if David were alive in 2023, and he were probably around 23 years old, would none of us be telling David about his Bible stories, we'd probably be like, oh, David, 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 what are you doing? You're, you're messing up. David messed up about as bad as you could mess up in life. When you read his whole story, we, we present him as, as little David and King David and David and Goliath. But if you're going to present the whole man and understand why he can bring out these beautiful psalms, you got to understand David went about as far into listening to David. And then he went in the total opposite direction of listening to God because God said, I looked for a man after my own heart and I found David. That right there, that, that, that little snapshot should give us all hope for any previous failure in our lives. This is something that, that I say to people often. I even said it to someone this morning. I say this, Deuteronomy 29.4, that scripture means so much to me. It says this, from here you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. You have to establish from here places in your life. In other words, everything up to this point, all the good, the bad, and the ugly, all the things I would like to present, minus the things that I wouldn't like to present to you when I'm introduc introducing myself, 
Nobody introduces themselves and says, hi, I'm John Morgan. I'm the guy who failed miserably. You might have heard about me. We don't do that. There has to be a from here point in your life when you remember that place, but from here I will connect myself there and I won't be like who I used to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. David is the one who said, my cup runneth over. My cup runneth over. There was a tipping point in his life. So I'm going to ask you to turn to Matthew. I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 119. And we're going to continue with some other things that, that, that David said. In Psalm 119, and don't get panicky. I know it's the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. We're not going through all of that. But we are going through some of it. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11 and then down to verse 33 through 45. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. You got to understand, he he's not talking about somebody that you can't be. He's talking about somebody who you will be outside of God. He he was not saying that there there's a place where where we all walk. And I wish I was like that guy who never did anything. David did everything bad, but he said, "There's a God that can redeem every bad thing that I did." You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. So, so my, my title is a tipping point. So remember that. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep your statutes. Then I would not be ashamed. When I look into all your commandments, I will praise you with uprightness of hearts uh, of heart. When I learn your righteous judgments, I will keep your statutes. Oh, do not forsake me utterly. To all of you young men in here, listen to this scripture. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let not me wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart. That I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Now I want to stop right there and say, I'm talking about a tipping point this morning. And you can actually take, take part in your own destiny. And a, a tipping point is reached whenever you, there, there's some things in, in his word. If you want his blessing on your life, you need to start packing away. His precepts, packing away his thoughts, packing away his, his, his statutes, his commandments. All these things are what's going to bring you to a tipping point in your life of his blessing. And David said, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So look over to verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the paths of your commandments, for I delight in it. 
Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. I'm going to explain that one especially more fully. This is my brand new Bible. I've told you all before, I I like this Bible. It's the fourth one that I've owned. It, it, me and this Bible, we know each other now. You know how you get a Bible that just knows you? You can like think of which verse and hit it one time and it goes to it. That's how, but this Bible ain't there yet. This this is a new one. It's the nicest one I've ever owned. It's goat skin, y'all. Don't despise the goat until you touch the goat. And then you be like, I want a goat. This Bible, though, the first thing I marked in this brand new Bible is this scripture right here. Just so you want, I want you to know how I feel about this scripture right here. Turn away my eyes from looking at worthless things. And revive me in your way. Establish your word to your servant who is devoted to fearing you. Turn away my reproach which I dread. For your judgments are good. David knew that he had history. He knew that other people knew his stuff. And he had to walk in that. But he said this, turn away my my reproach, which I dread. He dreaded it, for your judgments are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. Revive me in your righteousness. In other words, what he's saying right there, it's not what other people say that matters. It's what you say that matters. Amen. Matthew 6, verse 19. I'm on a little bit of continuum path right here. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I'm talking about a tipping point. And I'm talking about you taking part in your own destiny, especially you young men. You're taking part right now in your own destiny. And you're going to have opportunity to decide what matters to you in this life. And we'll figure out what matters to you in this life. By what you got stacked up in your life. It, it, it's a natural thing for us to stack, not, not stock up, to, to have things in areas of our life that we like. And then we continue to add to that area in our life. And if you walked into my house, you would probably look around from this room to that room and find, oh, he's, he's interested in this. He's, he's interested in that. And if I walked in your house, I would be able to look on your walls And notice what is important to you in your life. And all those things are well and good. But the Bible says, lay up treasures in heaven. If I want heavenly blessings, I've got to lay up heavenly treasures. Treasures. God's Word is a treasure. 
And, and, and when David said, I'll hide your word in my heart, that's his treasure. That's the, this is the storage place right now. You know why? The Bible says, I mean, it, it totally agrees with this. Out of, out of your heart flow the issues of life. You don't have to talk to someone very long, within 10 minutes, before you find out what's in their heart. Out of their heart flow the issue. They'll tell you what's going on. Give them 10 minutes. It'll come out. Why? Because that's God's principle. What's inside of you will work its way out. And what's in your heart, okay? Just stay with me. But where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. He's wanting you to understand this. You can have other things. You can have other areas of concern. But out of your heart, should flow what you believe God is doing in those areas, what he's doing with the things that you're going through. Amen? And he goes right into this, verse 22 and 23. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So when I'm talking about a tipping point, and we're talking about thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And then he makes this comparison about a lamp. He said, the the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light, and vice versa. And, and it's talking about in, in, in regards to, to darkness in your life, okay? I remember when I was a child, and my, my dad was preaching. I'm talking about I was just a little bitty fellow. And the power went out in the church, and it was back in the day, like uh, 300 years ago when we had Sunday evening church. I thought that was funny. Thanks for the one person that agreed. But we had Sunday night church. And when that power went out, it was dark in that church, just like that. And everybody was there, and everybody remained calm, but it was like pitch dark in that church. And the only thing, a storm was coming through, and the only thing that, that brought light was whenever the lightning would flash. And all you could see everybody was just for a second, your eyes were coming in out of being dilated. And like, it looked spooky when you were a child. But I remember one little old lady, she, she pulled out a little pen light and flicked that thing on. All of a sudden, we had enough light to navigate in that whole sanctuary. It was amazing. The Bible says that your eyes are the, the, the lamp of the, the body is the eye. Let, let me explain to you what it's saying. The reason that I marked that scripture just, just a second ago, about, about my eyes, and, and God helped me with my eyes. What you see, according to that scripture, has the ability to consume you. Where you let your eyes take you has the ability to consume you. I, I would venture to say out of all the senses, seeing Hearing, smelling, touching, tasting. There's one more. 
whichever one that is, I would put seeing at the top of the areas and senses that you have that you need to put a special guard for. What I see has the ability to consume me. Are you seeing that? You can see something and your mind goes there. Your mind goes there. Dionya just came to our house and and um, I had her just go through my phone and out of 64 gigs, now here's me being technical, out of 64 gigs, I had used up 63.98. So my phone would basically only call people. I couldn't get to anywhere. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get to anywhere, whatever that is. I couldn't get there. And she fixed all of that. But I was telling her, um, there, there's things I love about the phone, but I hate it too because it's so dangerous because Whatever you go to, whatever you search, images will come up. And even though I don't, and, and I have a habit with my wife, if something crazy comes up, I show it to her. I say, Christine, how do you get rid of that? Because <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. And I just let her have it right then. And, but I was like, but here's the thing, according to the Bible, I, I still have to filter through what I just saw. You, you hear what I'm saying? That's a trick. That's a trick. You need to recognize that your phone immediately, men, I can't speak for women because I ain't one, but men, I are one. And as soon as you see it, you got to start dealing with it right then. Because the Bible says it's, it, that your eyes, are, you, that it's like a lamp. And it, all of a sudden, illumination comes and you got to deal with what you weren't asking for it, but you got to deal with it. That's why I'm saying you got to be careful with your eyes. And this goes into to our treasure and, and, and what we're tipping towards, what, what, what we're reaching a tipping point and what I'm, what I'm putting away in my life. Amen? Amen, anybody. I'll, anybody, any, any direction. So I, I want to um, move from that because I, I was going to give you one more scripture with that, but that's okay. I want to go... Um, to Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1. And it says this, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. As I studied for this, And I went through the scriptures. And the Lord was giving me things. I literally thought you're going to have to be very careful and very watchful of the time. And respect, I, I do try. I know y'all probably don't believe that. I do try to respect your time. I know I get long-winded. But that's the last scripture. That's the last scripture that I had. Last. Okay, you can laugh. See the devil, the devil's trying to trying to mess this moment up right here. I've preached enough already. If you've heard what I said, I thought I was going to preach way longer. You have the ability 
to lay up treasure in your life. People who are born wealthy, born wealthy, didn't have to store away anything. They, they were born into it. But someone who was self-made or, 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 or worked to a point to where they, they, they stored away and they stored away and they stored away, they have a different perspective. So let me just say this. I was born a sinner. I have stepped into wealth through God, spiritual wealth. And if you think that any of you were born into anything else, you're wrong. I am a fifth-generation preacher, which is a miracle because the last thing I ever wanted to do was preach. But I, I, I did not realize that my great-grandfather was a preacher. My grandfather was a preacher. My, my, my dad was a preacher. And I'm missing a generation because I'm the fifth generation. No, I'm sorry. I said that wrong. I'm fourth generation. I'm fourth generation. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father, and me. I did not realize that until I was old enough to realize what lineage was, what everybody did. I guess there was a time in my life when I thought everybody's dad was a preacher because mine was. But I was born into sin. The wealth that I have gained, I immediately stepped into everything I needed when I accepted Jesus. But with that, I still have to lay away his treasure so that my life will run the way it needs to run. I've learned this much about me. Nobody can sabotage me like me. But no one else can sow into my future like I sow into my future. It just takes recognition of where the responsibility lies. It lies right here. And what I lay away will be a benefit for me in this life immediately and later. Amen? Amen. So, Christy, will you come back? I, or Ryan? This may be the shortest I have preached in 10, 15, 20 years. But it may hold as much value as the longest message I preached in my life and thought that that plowing meant something. Your eyes, guys, gals, men, ladies, all ages, the enemy will go after your eyes quickly. Because the, the, the principle is this. There's a lamp into your soul. You've got to be careful. I'm gonna, you, you've got to be careful. 
I'm the only, look, 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 there's nothing wrong. I wear corrective vision, but other than that, there's nothing wrong with my eyes. Look, I can, I can look at, I can decide which one to look at. I can move all over. None of y'all can decide that for me. I mean, you might make a loud noise and I look over there at you. But the responsibility for these brown eyes belongs right here. I am preaching good right now. This this is this is pastoral message. I almost looked up the definition of what I I've ne- I've been a pastor for a long time. I've never looked up the definition of pastor. But this is pastoral what I'm telling you right now. Let me go back to the first scripture I said. Deuteronomy 29.4. If from here, if from here, you will find me if you seek me with all of your heart. From here. We all need a from here moment. Here's you a from here moment right here. Will you just ask God, my eyes, my eyes, my, my entry into my soul. I want to lay treasures up for me. I want a tipping point of blessing in my life. But I take responsibility. I want to make that investment. But I want to give you my eyes, God. I want my eyes to be on you. I want you to be my filter. When I was a youth pastor, I challenged kids because all their information was basically on the television or or it was starting to be on the computer, starting to be on the computer. And I challenged them to say, if you're having problems with what you look look at, lay a Bible in front of it. Lay a Bible in front of your television. Lay a Bible in front of your your computer. But that that's just a, a an exercise in in futility and and ends up in just super guilt unless you just ask God God help me with my eyes. Help me with my eyes. Amen. I just want this to be I just want this to be an organic time. I know there's an enemy who's after us. And and we can sit here and look all churchy and walk out of here full of guilt. My eyes, God, my eyes, my eyes. Every person in here has eyes. God's given them to you. Can you just organically talk to God about that right now? Just, just God, my eyes, my eyes, my eyes, my eyes. My eyes, my eyes. My eyes, Lord. Nobody else. Nobody else. My eyes. I, I take responsibility, God. My, my eyes, I want my treasure to be with you. 
I don't want to sabotage myself. My eyes, Lord. Sanctify my eyes. There are so many options, so many opportunities. What, what used to be shameful is now commonplace, God. My eyes. Thank you, Lord. What you see has the ability to consume you. Amen. What you see has the ability to consume you. We always think of one thing, don't we? It's not just the one thing. When we're scrolling through Pinterest or we're we're looking at things that our eyes are seeing that and we're making a judgment inside, that can consume us. Why don't I live like that? Why don't I have that? Meaning for meaning friends for dinner, they drive up in this and you're subconsciously, why, why am I at this place in my life? I should be where I'm driving something like that. What you see has the ability to consume you. But here's the beautiful news. What you see has the ability to consume you. This is what wants to consume us. Guys, I'm so tired of the pep talks and the stuff that doesn't matter. This is what we need to be consumed with. Please listen to me this morning. It is at a critical point for some of you. Stop trying to do it on your own. Stop it. Stop making excuses. Stop making lies in your own heart and in your own home and in your own mind. Let this consume you because this is the only thing that will make you free. This is the only thing that can consume you. Everything else is there. I'm telling you, God is saying something to us. There's an enemy that hates you. And all you have to do is open the door a little bit and he will consume you. What your eyes see consume you, so see Jesus. Look at your family. Stop being too busy for your family. Stop being too busy for your husband and your wife. Let that consume you, that relationship that Christ gave you. These things God wants us to get serious about. His word is life. And we keep coming and beat down and depressed and sad and oh, I'm making it. I don't want to just make it anymore. I'm victorious in Christ. His word is true. Everything he says is true. And his word has the ability to consume us, but not if you don't look at it. His words are not going to do what your eyes will do for you when you get in his word. And I, I want to say this to you this morning. As we were worshiping, singing worship this morning, this word came to me. That somebody has, is going through something very private. And you haven't shared it with anybody. So if you think I've shared it with a few people, this is for me. 
this is something that has not been shared with one single person. If it's a diagnosis, if it is a, a, a something that God has started to unearth in you, just personally, and you're not quite sure what it is even, you've shared this with nobody. Whatever it is, God has brought it to your mind. You've shared it with nobody. And this was the word that came to me. It had, I didn't know you were going to be preaching on this. But he said, he tell them, I see you. I see you. You don't have to have a big support. I see you. I know. You've told nobody, but I know. And what I see consumes me. My thoughts are toward you. My heart is bent toward you. You are seen by God, whoever you are today. You've not breathed a word to anybody about it, but God sees you, and that's his promise to you today. There's a scripture in Ephesians that, Ephesians chapter 1, you know how I feel about that. It's, it's, our, it's our identity. It's what he says about us. You got, you got to get Ephesians chapter 1 inside of you. So you will stop worrying what anybody says and understand what God says. But verse 18 says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And that's what he wants to do. That, that, that's why I didn't have, that's why I only went so far. You had the rest of this message. The bad news is what you see has the ability to consume you. But the good news is what you see has the ability to consume you. And the Bible tells us we fix our eyes not on what's seen. But what's unseen, because what's seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. So that's what our vision needs to be. We don't fix our eyes on what's around us and the temporary things that we think need to consume us in our time. We fix our eyes on him and his promises. Okay, so we've, we've changed up a little bit of rule just, just so that everybody can, can come and pray that you want to. I'm going to open it up. This is our new thing. If you just want to pray by yourself, because sometimes I want to pray by myself, and I don't want somebody coming around me. If that's where, you, if that's where you're at, you want to pray by yourself, come over here. But if other times I need somebody to pray beside me. There have been times in my life when I prayed everything I knew to pray, and I was in just waiting mode, and that's okay too. This side over here. If you want somebody to come and agree with you in prayer, pray with you or pray for you, this is the side for you. If you want to come pray by yourself, that's fine. But just so you know, okay? It's the, the rest of this time today, be respectful of, of everybody around you. But the rest of this time, it's time for you to pray, okay? 